welcome to People, Places, Planet Pod, the official podcast of the Environmental Law Institute, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization working to ensure a healthy environment, prosperous economies, and vibrant communities founded on the rule of law. Hello and welcome to another episode of People, Places, Planet Podcast. My name is Dominic Shikatano, and I'm a research associate here at the Environmental Law Institute, or ELI. Hurricane season is in full swing, and this year is unlike any before. A recent article from the Weather Channel entitled All the Records the 2020 Hurricane Season Has Broken So Far explains a number of reasons why. Through September 21st, the Atlantic hurricane season has seen 23 named storms, including eight hurricanes. This meant that for only the second time in its history, the National Hurricane Center exhausted its regular list of 21 names and began using the Greek alphabet. Nine of these named storms have made landfall in the U.S., tying 1916 for the most on record, and it appears that the season could continue on for months. What is driving this year's record-breaking Atlantic hurricane season? And what implications is it having on coastal communities in the Gulf of Mexico states of Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida? Today, I'm here with Amy Reed, who directs ELI's Gulf of Mexico program. Amy's joining us today to discuss the 2020 hurricane season and what it means for those who call the Gulf home. The ELI Gulf of Mexico team works to support effective long-term restoration in the Gulf of Mexico region that is shaped by meaningful input from the region's residents and communities. In the 10 years since the Deepwater Horizon oil disaster, with support from the Walton Family Foundation, ELI has served as an educational resource by analyzing the complex Gulf restoration and recovery processes and translating them in accessible and comprehensible ways for a variety of stakeholders. Thanks, Amy, for coming on today to talk a little bit about the 2020 hurricane season. I think this is a pretty timely conversation and I'm looking forward to getting into it. So am I, thanks for having me, Dominic. So before we touch on this year's quite unprecedented hurricane season, can you tell me a bit about some of the main goals of the ELI golf program? Sure. So through our work in the Gulf, ELI hopes to help strengthen long-term capacity in Gulf Coast communities, um, and in particular minority and underserved communities that are battling environmental injustice, to follow and to actively participate in the restoration and recovery efforts that shape their own environments. So we host community workshops, facilitate collaboration, and produce educational materials and other resources that are aimed to inform and equip people to engage in the ongoing processes with the goal of ensuring the communities themselves and our local partners remain in the actual decision-making and leadership positions. Thanks for that context. Um, can you tell us a bit about why you think this year's hurricane season has been particularly devastating for the Gulf of Mexico? Well, La Nina, which is a semi-regular cooling of the eastern tropical Pacific, is one part of it. And this tends to reduce the wind shear that can impede formation of hurricanes in the Atlantic, which makes it easier for the developing storms to gain strength. NOAA confirmed the arrival of the La Nina climate pattern on September 10th, but that alone doesn't explain this year's extremely intense season, since it happens about every three years anyway. So warmer oceans driven by climate change might be another culprit. Most of the tropical and subtropical Atlantic, including the Gulf of Mexico, has been warmer than average throughout this season, with sea surface temperatures reaching or nearing record values in many places. Scientists have long been warning us that global climate change would lead to warmer seas that could supercharge hurricanes. We're starting to really see how immediate these impacts are now, things that once felt like abstract future events. Climate change is making hurricane seasons like this year's feel like the new normal. So 
since it sounds like communities haven't really experienced hurricane seasons like this before, what are the impacts like on the ground? I imagine more intense, more frequent storms are having some devastating effects on the Gulf region, and in particular on already marginalized communities. That's right. This year's storms have together caused dozens of deaths, countless injuries, and billions of dollars in damages to infrastructure. It's also important to keep in mind that disaster and emergency resources are stretched extremely thin this year as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Unfortunately, some of the areas of Texas and Louisiana that were struck by Hurricanes Hannah and or Laura this year have also suffered spikes in their COVID-19 cases and related hospital emissions. So there are concerns over the capacity of the health system to respond to additional stressors related to these hurricanes. Areas hit by Laura and Beta also include regions of the continental U.S. that have some of the counties and parishes with the lowest median, inco median income in the country. These areas are highly dependent on subsistence work, manufacturing, oil and gas, and other industries that can be deeply affected by hurricane-related disruptions. They also have some of the lowest road and public transportation densities in the U.S., making it harder for people to get to the resources they need and, conversely, for the resources to reach the people. Many of these communities can be considered environmental justice communities, as you alluded to, where folks suffer disproportionate environmental harms and risks and don't tend to enjoy their fair share of environmental benefits either. Thanks, Amy. So as these already quite vulnerable coastal communities in the Gulf of Mexico work to recover from past storms and prepare for those that are yet to come, what do you think are some of the most important considerations? Number one, we should be focusing on protecting those who are the most vulnerable to natural disasters. So that means poor, black, rural, working class communities who tend to suffer disproportionately in the wake of these natural disasters. It's also important to implement adaptive governments or adaptive management, which is an intentional approach to making decisions and adjustments in response to new information and changes as they occur. So adaptive management activities include monitoring, modeling, data collection, targeted investigations, uh, all of these things that can help reduce uncertainty and respond to changes on the ground. And adaptive management of the natural and human resources can help provide ways of staying as flexible as possible as these unpredictable events become increasingly common for us. Thanks, Amy. That makes a lot of sense, especially as climate change sort of promises a lot of uncertainty in the future. Thank you again for coming on to provide your insights on hurricane season and its implications for Gulf communities. How could our listeners who are particularly interested in this topic learn more about the Gulf team's work? Sure, and thanks so much again for having me. Um, if any of our listeners are interested in learning more about ELI's work in the Gulf, please reach out to our team at gulfofmexico at eli.org. Uh, folks can also visit our website at eli-ocean.org slash gulf for more information on the restoration processes that are taking place in the wake of the Deepwater Horizon disaster. There's also a place there to subscribe to our monthly newsletter where we share new fact sheets, blogs, and other updates from the team. Thanks again, Amy, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of People, Places, Planet podcast. Thank you for tuning in to People, Places, Planet pod, brought to you by the Environmental Law Institute. We would like to hear from you, so please send us your questions, comments, and ideas to podcast at ELI.org. And if you're interested in learning more about our work, attending one of our events, reading our publications, or becoming a member, please visit our website at www.eli.org.